Welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. in the midst this morning. Hallelujah. He inhabits the praises of his people. Be glorified, Lord God. Hallelujah. Be glorified. Hallelujah. Your name only is above all names. Hallelujah. We stand in awe, Lord God. We consider the works of your hand. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your mercy and for your grace. Thank you for another opportunity, oh God, to come out this morning to gather with your people, your, the saints, my brothers and sisters, to lift up holy hands without wrath or doubting. Thank you for another opportunity to come, oh God, and be refreshed in your presence. Another opportunity, oh God, to be invigorated for what's coming down uh, the line. Thank you, Father. Now, Lord God, as we are here this morning, we come for no form or fashion. But we come with a purpose, and that is to give up praise and worship unto you. We come, oh God, to ascribe majesty unto you because you are worthy. So have your way in this house this morning, oh God. As the praises have gone forth, O oh God, and you have received our praise. Now, Lord God, let me not stand here today and do anything that will hinder the flow of the anointing. May the prayer that I give be prayer that I have received from your hand to give unto your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Now that, you know, sometimes when you, hit, when you eat a good meal, you say that hit, the, that hit the right spot right there. And that, that song there, it hit the right spot. And, and as they sung it, you can feel the anointing just continue to just fill this house. And so we just praise God for that. We want to thank God for being here this morning. We want to give honor to our pastor, Bishop Alfred Jackson, in his absence. Thank, uh, thank God. We want to thank him for uh, asking me to be able to stand uh, uh, before you this morning to bring the word of God. That's what I'm doing. I'm just bringing the word. Um, I don't have no words on my own, right? Because if I have words on my own, then I'm not in his name. But if I come in his name, I only say what he wants me to say. So I come this morning to deliver a message. Hallelujah. I want to give honor to all of our elders, our ministers, all of you, the people of God. You know, I was thinking about, I was thinking last night, 
And I'll say, boy, you know, people get dressed on Sunday morning. And, you know, I'm pretty sure 99.9% get dressed on Sunday morning, come out here, and they don't come out here for no form of fashion. You don't come out here to please anybody, for people to, to talk about, you know, how you look this morning and, you know, and how beautiful you look. And No, you come out here to hear the word of God. We know enough not to come out here for a form of fashion. We know better. So we just, I just want to thank God for you this morning. Uh, our, our scripture text this morning will come from the book of James, the second chapter, verse 14 through 26. Hallelujah. And my sermon our title would be the test of faith, and the subtitle is seeing what you believe by what you do. Starting at verse 14, what use is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith, but he has no works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, and yet you do not give them what is necessary for their bodies, what use is it? Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead by itself. But someone would say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. The demons also believe in his shudder. But are you willing to recognize, you foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac, his son, on the altar? You see that faith was working with his works, and as a result of works, faith was perfected. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, And Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way, was not Rahab the harlot? also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. But just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. Hallelujah. Like I said, this morning, uh, you, you may be seated in the presence of God. Um, the title is The Test of Faith, Seeing What You Believe uh, by What You Do. Just be honest with you, when, I, when, when the Lord uh, began to give me this message, and I didn't know how it was going to come together. I just, I'm going to tell you how I knew the Lord was doing it because that's how the Lord deals with me. He would give me something that would just keep gnawing at me and, and, and I can't shake it. And the Lord knows that I'm going to go study it. I'm going to look up things. I've got to find the originals and all this thing here. And so I, I, I called myself. I said, well, I don't want to be uh, that didactic in my, you know, and that's, you know, uh, being expository. But then I realized that's who I am, right? I want to talk about Jesus walking across the water, and you can do it too. And, you know, I mean, that's what I want to do. That's what the evangelists do. You understand what I'm saying? Evangelists get you all excited and whatnot. Yeah. And, you know, that's what I wanted to do. But then I realized that's not who I am, right? And I'm pretty sure the people who knew me at the, uh, at the Young Christian probably would be saying right now, uh, we're seeing nothing to work in because <laughs> I used to ask questions all the time. Okay, but I found out too something here, and uh, I'm, I use I try to uh, use good biblical hermeneutics to uh, to be able to interpret scripture. But I found out 
Moses told the children of Israel, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word, not every phrase, not every paragraph, every sentence, by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God, right? Jesus told them that the jot and tittle is important, right? Then Paul even looked at using the plural form and the singular form, because he said about uh, when God told uh, uh, Abraham by Isaac, he said, he said, not unto seeds, plural, but with seed, right? So even the pluration and the singular form is important. But then also, too, uh, we show you something Jesus done. Jesus said, they come to Jesus and they, you know, uh, uh, said some things to him. And Jesus said that the Bible says that the Lord is, or the scripture says that the Lord is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He said, I am. He said, he's not the God of the living. I mean, the, the, the God of the dead, but of the living. So just that I am, I am, not I was. So this is what I want to share with you before I get started, is that the Lord was dealing with me something with, with something that is going to be a little expository. Let me tell you that now, right? But uh, the, the Lord, this is what he gave me. Remember I said that I don't come with my own words. Because if it was up to me, I'd be a hooper right about now. Uh, I, you know, God never gave me that. I can't hoop. I come up under pastor in my early days who, who was good. And I used to go home and practice, you know. It's not me. <laughs> That's not what God gave me. So this morning, what I want to do, what, what concerned me, not concerned me, but what interests me about what James said, James tied what happened in the 15th chapter of Genesis when, when Moses wrote. Now, this is why I say, listen to what, please listen to what I'm saying. Moses said, Abraham believed God. It was imputed unto him for righteousness. He did, it did not say, and the Lord told Moses that Abraham believed God, right? And the Lord didn't say, Abraham believed me and I'm going to be imputed. No, no, no. Moses wrote that. Why did he put it right there? Let's talk about it. All right. Now, turn to Genesis 15, chapter verse 1. And I'm going to read through verses 1 through 18. Like I told you, it's going to be pretty, pretty uh, uh, didactic this morning. And there's, uh, you know, a little expository. I'm going to expound on the scriptures, right? Uh, one thing y'all probably have learned about me now is that I'm big on explaining things. I try to break it down to the Lord's common denominator. You know, that's just what the Lord has given me. Now, let's go to verse 1. It says, uh, after these things, that, that again, let me say this, and I'm going to probably repeat myself a little bit. Look for when Moses said, after this, or after these things, because he's telling us something, right? This is a literary masterpiece. Moses wrote this with a purpose. He used the words he used for a reason, right? And this is why we say that, uh, that, that we should study, not just read, study to show ourselves the proof. We got to see why he wrote the way he wrote, right? Okay, after these things, the word of Yahweh came to Abram, Abram at the time, in the vision saying, do not fear Abram, for I am, uh, I am a shield to you, and your reward will be great. And Abram said, oh Lord, what would you give me as I go on being childless, and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abram said, 
Since you have given me no seed to me, since you have given no seed to me, behold, one born in my house is my heir. Then behold, the word of Yahweh came to him, saying, This one will not be your heir, but one who will come forth from your own body, he should be your heir. And he brought him out, he brought him outside and said, Now look toward the heavens and number the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your seed, singular, be. Then he believed Yahweh, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now again, Moses, if the author, Moses said this, right? We're going to ask, see, uh, and, 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 and I was asking the question, why did Moses say it right there? Because did he not believe God when he left Ur of the Chaldeans? When he left, uh, uh, you know, God say, uh, you know, I want you to leave your family, your father's house, and, you know, and, and go into a country. Didn't he believe God then? Right? <laughs> Didn't he believe God when he went and rescued Lot from uh, those kings that had taken him down? Didn't he believe God? Because he took 300 and something men who, uh, you know, who were servants. Okay? And he went against an army of five different kings. Right? Didn't he believe God? Well, why did, why did Moses put it right here? See, these are the questions the inquisitive mind wants to know. <laughs> okay, and then, it's, it's, okay, um, say he was counting him for righteousness. The remainder of the chapter, and I won't go into all that, because that's when the Lord made a covenant with him about the land, right? The remainder of the chapter is about the covenant God made with Abram concerning the land and the assurance that his descendants would indeed inherit the land. I didn't want to go into all that, but y'all know when God told Moses to go get him, uh, uh, I think it was a, a lamb, uh, a goat, and a ram, and a pigeon, and a, a, a turtle dove, right? And told him, and, and then, this is something else you have to look at too. The, uh, the, ra- the lamb, the ram, and the, uh, the, the lamb, the goat, and the, and the ram had to be three years old. Why? See, these are things you have to ask yourself, why they had to be three years old? Right? Man should live by, uh, you know, study to show yourself approved. Right? Now, as I studied this account several weeks ago, I was puzzled by what was not said in this account. We see that Abraham addressed the issue of not having an heir. He seemed to remind God that he had uh, not given him an heir. So the oldest servant born in his house would be his heir. That means someone that was going to inherit his wealth, right, when he's all gone. This was according to the culture at that time. So if he didn't have a son, the oldest servant born in his home would become his heir. Right? So Abraham was telling God, you know, this is the way it is, right? Because you have not given me a seed, right? right? Okay, now, in Genesis, the 12th chapter, God revealed to Abraham that though he uh, would make, uh, that through him, uh, that he would make him a great nation. But he did not mention a seed or an heir. But you see how Moses is building it up. That's why I say it's a literary uh, 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 document. Uh, he's building it up, right? Because uh, in the 12th chapter, he did not say about a seed or an heir. He just told him, and you should all, you know, nations be blessed, right? That's what the Lord told him. And then he said, I won't have time to expound on it today, but I think it's worth uh, looking at the times Moses said after these things and after or after this, because this give, gives us an indication of what he's seeking to convey in the text. When we come to chapter 15, 
we see this is the first word, or the uh, we see this in the, the uh, it's the first word in the first verse. Just as a note, this was also said um, after Abram or Abraham separated from Lot. Y'all remember that? When he separated from Lot, the, the Lord told him that after these things, the Lord told him, you know, now look to north, south, east, and west and walk through the land, right? After he separated from Lot. And then this was after he returned from the slaughter of the king. After. Okay? I won't have time to go into it. But that, Moses was, was trying to convey something when he was using that, right? Now, but in the 15th chapter, this is after Abram, uh, Abram and some of his servants returned from the battle. He engaged against a group of kings that had taken his nephew Lot and his family captive. God appeared to Abraham in a vision and assured him that he was with him, telling him not to fear because he was his shield uh, and that he will be greatly rewarded. Let's back up to a conversation God had with Abram in the end of the 13th chapter, right? Uh, listen to this in, in, in verse 14. The Lord said to Abram, after Lot had parted from him, look around from where you are to the north, to the south, to the east, and the west. All the land that you see, I will give to you and your offspring forever. And I will make, and I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth. So that if anyone could not count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Well, anybody could could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Go walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I'm giving it to you. So Abraham, uh, so Abraham went, and I know it's Abram, but I'm just using Abraham, went to live near the great trees. Now, let me say this too before I go, go further. When he used Abram, it's, it's for a reason, right? Because right in the middle of the fifth, I think the 15th or the 16th uh, uh, chapter, he went from Abram to Abraham, right? And that was the reason why. Moses was, was conveying a message there. So Abram went to live near the great trees of, of Mary in uh, Hebron, which, which, uh, where he pitched his tents. Then he built an altar to the Lord. There again, that's something else to look at too. How many times Abraham built an altar? Let me just add, Moses could, uh, could have inserted uh, what he said here, that Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness because Abram uh, did believe God. But like I said, the inquisitive mind wants to know why he didn't put it right there. Now, one would have to be hard-pressed to believe that Abram did not or Abraham did not believe God uh, when he returned from the slaughter of the king. He did. Um, or, or before he uh, went to fight with the king, he believed God. I think we have proof that he believed what God had told him because in verse 17 of the 14th chapter, look what we see. This is how you know that Abraham believed God. After Abraham returned from the defeat of the allied kings uh, that the king of Sodom, gave, uh, of Sodom gave him opportunity to keep all the goods that he had brought back from the victory. However, Abraham said in verse 22, uh, part B, I have lifted my hand to the Lord, God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, that I would not take a thread or a sandal strap or anything that is yours, lest you should say I have made Abram rich. I would take nothing but what the young men have eaten and, uh, and the share 
that the men who went with me, uh, that the shadow should go to them. Now, this brings us to the puzzling part of chapter 15. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision passage, saying, uh, I mean, and, and it says, right, after this, the Lord appeared to Abraham in, in, uh, uh, in a vision, and the passage says, but Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abram said, you have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, this shall not be your heir. And I've read that, right? And then we see where Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. Now, why is that important? Because that's when God talked about the seed. That's when he told him, this should not, this should not be your heir, but one that should come from your body should be your heir. Now, why didn't Moses let us know at that time that it was going to be by Sarah? He did not. So Abraham went home and said, guess what the Lord said? And Sarah said, well, it must not be me because I can't have any children. Let me go get Hagar. Now, see, that was part of the culture. People want to just, just, just beat up on Abraham and say, well, you know, now the thing that I do say, Abraham, you know, is show you that faith is not perfect because when he went to Egypt and he went to Gear, he, 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 he told the half truth. Which is really a lie. <laughs> Say that Sarah was his sister and not his wife, right? Oh, but this right here, this was part of the culture. If the wife could not have a child, she could get her servant and give, give her servant female servant. Okay. Let me just put that out there. Female servant. And uh, she could have a child by that servant, right? This was the culture. Right? So people say, well, you know, Abraham didn't seem like he, 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 it didn't bother him at all. He said, okay. She was, at the best, at the best, she was a concubine, a girlfriend without the status of a wife. Right? That's all she could be. Right? So she can see. Right? So Abraham thinking, okay, it's not going to be Eleazar. This is the one. This is the one that came from my body. Right? Okay. Now, my question arose, the question arose from the fact that Moses did not indicate in the least that Abraham uh, said that he believed God, and it was not therefore imputed unto him for righteousness. It appears that Moses said with no indication at the moment from, from Abraham that he believed God, right? As we examine this, we notice that this was not said concerning the land which followed after verse 6. God made a covenant with Abram, Abraham about the land, but it was after God spoke to him uh, not just about dependents or descendants, not dependents, descendants, which bill that could have been uh, fulfilled by Ishmael. Ishmael was the descendant. The son that he had, that he had by Hagar, right? Now, it wasn't Ishmael. Let me add this part. This was a part of the culture that I just said. Uh, that uh, Abram had a son, and it was a legal son. That was his son. As a matter of fact, God told Abram, uh, Abraham, say, I'm going to bless him. Because he was part of, he was part of Abraham. I'm, I'm going to bless him. He's just not the one that I'm establishing my covenant to. Now, I also heard this, and I'm getting ahead of myself because I'm, I tell you, I'm feeling anointed. Here, uh, listen to this, though. 
the Lord, when, uh, when God assured Abraham that it wouldn't be Eleazar, then he told him about uh, Ishmael, said it's not going to be Ishmael, it's going to be one to come from your wife. I've heard it preached before, because it said 13 years later, God spoke to Abraham, or, or appeared to Abraham. Now, people have made that seem like that God was angry with Abraham because of Ishmael and didn't talk to him for 13 years. I doubt that very seriously. That's just where Moses picks up the story. When Abraham was 99, look what Moses is trying to convey. If he was 99, Sarah was not, was not, well, a night, well, 89 at the time, when he had, when she had a Moses, I mean, uh, Abraham was 100, Sarah was 90. But what, 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 uh, what Moses was trying to convey is that God had to wait until Abraham's strength was gone. He could not conceive kids anymore, or not conceive, he could not give kids anymore. He, he couldn't do it. I mean, if anybody was past age, he was. A <laughs> hundred, or what, 99 years old, right? What was the Lord doing? What was Moses trying to show? God had to wait until they couldn't do it for themselves. And this is when the Lord told him, no, it's, it's going to be by. Now, listen, when the Lord appeared to him, and the Lord told him that he was going to get that, you know, you know, he was going to bless him, and he, 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 he cut another covenant with him. I think it was different with the covenant of, of circumcision, right? He tell uh, 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 Abram, he said that, by the way, your wife Sarah. Now, at this time, Abram had uh, kneeled down, and he was worshiping. And when the Lord said, yeah, by, you know, it's going to be by Sarah, Abraham started laughing. He laughed inside because I guess he, you know, he ain't going to laugh out, outward in God's presence like that. He, he, was, he was actually worshiping and started laughing inside. Because this was impossible. But we know that there is nothing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, y'all can complete it. There's nothing. Yeah, man, nothing impossible to God. So God had to wait until they couldn't do it for themselves because this was, this was then they had to depend on God. Now, in the book of Hebrews, it said that Sarah herself received strength to conceive because she counted him worthy who had promise. Right? She's 90 years old, and that took some faith. You know, <laughs> I mean, but you know what, though? What I found out here is that Abram did a several things that he went when it didn't really make sense. Starting in Genesis 12 chapter, it didn't make sense when God said, leave your country, your father's house, and your family, and go to a land that I will show you, right? It didn't make sense. I'm leaving everything I know to a place. It didn't make sense. Okay? Then, when the Lord told him when they were 90, 99 or 90 years old, or 89 years old, he told him, said that your wife going to have a child, and it's coming from you. Didn't make sense. Later on, we'll see when the Lord told Abram to go sacrifice Isaac on that mount, a mount that he should show him. Didn't make sense. What was Moses showing us? He was showing us that to walk in faith a lot of times is not going to make sense to your carnal mind. And all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. See? But I'm going to tell you, I have let my carnal thinking get in the way many times. 
Because it didn't make sense. Lord, that don't. You know what? I didn't really come out and say, Lord, it don't make sense. I just didn't do nothing. <laughs> because y'all know, back, back in the day, I don't know about the day, but back in the day, we'd be quick to say, say the Lord rebuke you. That ain't the Lord there. <laughs> you know, go now. You know what? You don't see the only time you see Satan in the book of Genesis is in in, in the first part, first, second chapter, third, maybe. But <laughs> you don't see him nowhere else in Genesis, right? You know, not not just standing out. And, and, and so I don't know if Abraham would have even said Satan the Lord. I mean, I, I don't even know if he knew anything about that, right? He just believed God, right? Now, as I pointed out, this was pertaining to the seed, which is singular. Someone that would, uh, that Abraham would father, and whom God would multiply greatly. Ooh, that took some faith. Moses, as we, um, as we seen, later revealed that it would be a special seed that would come through Sarah. Moses was able to say what he said in chapter 15 because he was writing from a panoramic view or all-inclusive view. What am I saying? I'm saying Moses being the author, he knew what would happen in Genesis, the 22nd chapter. He knew the story. He was just building it. So that's why he could say there, Abraham believed God. It was about to see. Abraham believed God, right? Because later on, he would show how this was a special seed. Abraham was old. Just imagine, I don't know how, you know, you that had a living grandmother, your grandma come tell you, I'm going to have a baby. <laughs> you would start thinking, maybe we need to put grandma. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 see, but, but Moses was showing us that faith believes God when it don't make sense. But this is why it's so important for us to learn the force of God and know when it's God speaking and not our own minds and that Satan has not crept in. Now he's trying to speak things uh, to us to get us off base. Because let me tell you, he's a sneaker rascal now. We see that when he was tempting Jesus. And I don't know why he chose this passage. I don't know if I would know even if I went to heaven and asked, Lord, Lord, why did Satan choose that passage? When he told Jesus, if you be the son of God, cast yourself down from here, for it is written that he should give his angels charge over, over thee, and in their hand that should bear thee up, lest I dash thy foot against a stone. The reason I say why did he choose that that uh, that, that that passage uh, that scripture because uh, uh, um, Jewish theologians have said that that passage was against demonic activity, right? That's what that passage was, uh, and they say quoted twelve times. This is what they did. Now this is the Jewish quoted twelve times, and it will help rid your life, at least for that day, of demonic activity. That's what they said. So why would he choose that passage? <laughs> you think Jesus don't know that? But let me show you how he was sneaking. He said, well, it is written that he should give his angel charge over there. You know, he said, uh, if you be the son of God, cast yourself down here, right? But it's written he should give his angel charge over you, and they should keep you, right, uh, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Let me show you why he was sneaking. The passage said they should keep you in all your ways. It wasn't Jesus' way to jump off no pinnacle. So you see why we have to study because Satan is a sneaker rascal. 
And he can speak something else, and we think it's God, and we bring it back, especially you take it to Bishop, right? <laughs> Bishop, the Lord said, and be, oh, that's going to seem right. <laughs> but Satan can speak some things to us, and he'll twist it. Or he'll leave something out. He did it with Eve. Has God said that thou should not eat up all the trees? He didn't know God didn't say that. God didn't tell Eve uh, and Adam that you can't eat up all the trees of the garden. But he wanted to make it look like that God was keeping something from them. Now, tell me, y'all, what kind of sense do that make? God created Adam and Eve. He put them in the garden, gave them everything they need, and God going to keep something from them. He gave them an opportunity to be sealed in that state forever. Adam failed. Because you say, well, why did God put the tree? And this is just a footnote here. Uh, this is not really in my sermon. Well, why did God put the tree in the garden? He put in the tree in the garden because for Adam to be who God wanted him to be, he had to be able to choose. We have to be able to choose. God is not going to force us to do anything, right? But uh, we're going to have to use our faith, right? Believe in what God has said, even when it don't make sense, right? Okay. Let me move on. Now, like I said, Moses was able to say what he said because he's looking from a, uh, he was looking from a, uh, a panoramic perspective, right? Now, uh, but it came down to Abram's faith was manifested in the fact, this is what James is talking about. It was manifested in the fact that he was willing to sacrifice that special seed that God had told him would be the seed through which he had promised, uh, that the promise was uh, was dependent upon, right? Listen to this. God had told Abraham, now I'm going to give you, Abraham say, Lord, um, Eleazar, he's the born servant of my home, he's going to be my heir. Lord said, that's not it. He went and Sarah said to him, take Hagar, I can't have kids, plus I'm getting old, take Hagar. I imagine Hagar must have looked pretty good, and, and, and she was young, and, and, and so she was having children, and so she got pregnant, right? And when she got pregnant, she was, she was, you know, she was looking at all of the benefits that came with it. <laughs> she was looking at the wrong thing, really, <laughs> because she forgot who Sarah was. And, and, and I'm going to tell you, you know, I, I doubt it, but Sarah sounded like a black woman. Uh, Look at her, man. You need to cast that woman out of here. <laughs> and then I'm going to tell y'all, okay, okay, this, this, this is not for Let me tell you this. I was wondering, I said, Lord, okay. Now, I'm going to have to study this. Abram gave, uh, gave Hagar, when he packed up the leaves, water and bread. Huh? Give her a calf or something. You give her water and bread and then the water ran out. I got to study that some more because it don't make sense. Something is there. Something is there, right? Okay. Although Abram was not perfect, Moses always points out, pointed out uh, on several occasions that Abram built an altar, which is an indication that he was a consistent worshiper. James tied the two together because he was looking at it from a panoramic view. He, uh, in chapter 15, God promised uh, uh, Abram the seed. In chapter 22, Abram was willing to sacrifice the seed. The seed, not a seed, the seed. It's going to show you he had faith. But that didn't happen overnight. That relationship had been building. 
and building. And now Abraham, whatever God told him to do, he was going to do it. What about us? Have we reached the place where whatever God tells us? Remember what Mary told those servants at the wedding? Whatever he tell you to do. And what he told them to do didn't make sense. Didn't make sense about those pots. Didn't make sense. But listen, what I'm, trying, what, what, what I'm trying to say is that Moses was able to say what he was saying because he saw where Abraham believed God when it didn't make sense. To our carnal mind, see? But we have, to, we have to know it's God, first of all. And then we have to be obedient to God, even when it hurts. Because don't you know it's through pain that God is actually uh, enlarging our capacity of the Holy Spirit? Let me share this with you. And this is not in the sermon, but I tell you, I'm feeling anointed here. Let me, <laughs> let me tell you something. You remember when the, uh, Luke said that Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit when he came up out of the waters, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then Luke said, well, Je Mark said that he was driven into the wilderness. Luke said that, 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 that he was led into the wilderness, right? To be tempted of the devil. Luke is the only one that records that he came out of the wilderness Remember, he went in filled with the Holy Spirit. Luke said he came out under the power of the Holy Ghost. Have we come out under the power? Are we satisfied with just being filled? Because don't you know coming out under the power is going through something, and not just going through, but coming through. Right? And it's good that God allows do-overs. Because I failed in that Capacity many times. But God allow do-overs. So one of my favorite scriptures, Elder Bailey is uh, found in Psalms 130. If thou mark iniquity, O God, who can stand? <laughs> but that is forgiveness with thee, that you may be praised. Right? If God mark iniquity, who among us will be able to stand? Iniquity is that Stuff in your heart, right? That deep-seated stuff. And this is why they were unable. It, was, uh, it could not be purged until the day of redemption. Could not be purged. There was no offering for it. Uh, the priest would literally have to lay his hand on the head of what they call a scapegoat. He had to confess all of the iniquities for that year, over that goat. That goat would take it out into a place uninhabited, which was the desert. And the last thing they wanted, and, and I found out too that later on they start sending somebody to, to go watch it. Because the last thing they wanted to do was to turn around and come back. <laughs> but they wanted to go out there and die itself. But in Jesus who forgive all our iniquities, he heal all our diseases. In Jesus, our iniquities are dealt with. Right? We don't have to wait once a year for our iniquities to be purged. Our hearts are constantly being purged. Ooh. We also glory in tribulations. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Patience worketh experience. And experience work of hope. And hope makes us not ashamed because the love of God is when? Right there. It's shared abroad in our heart. When is the love of God shared abroad? Going through something. Coming through something. Enduring. 
James said, oh my God, this is, this is the way the Lord's taking me. James said, when we have endured, we shall receive the crown of life. What is the crown of life? Um, when I stand before Christ? No, you may get some crowns there, but that crown of life is right now. You're reigning with Christ right now, but your crown is not going to be visible to the enemy until you go through something. Because he may come up to you and say, Jesus I know. Paul I know. Bishop Jackson I know, but who are you? You know? Because Abraham, I mean Moses is showing us that is what Abraham went through. He was able to set it back in the 15th chapter because he knew what was going to happen in the 22nd chapter. He knew what Abraham had endured. Right? Could they say the same thing about us? Don't you know that when we confess something or when we say we are saved, it only rises the expectation of people around us of a particular behavior out of us? When I say that I love the Lord and I'm saved, it raises that expectation for a particular behavior to come out of me. But if that behavior is not coming out of me, I'm a liar. I'm lying. I'm saying I'm something when I'm not that. I can call myself a car all day long and go out here and lay in the parking lot in one of those spots, but that don't make me a car. What makes you is when you have faith in what God has said, especially about the finished work of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Jesus died for you and I. Right? What God stopped Abraham from doing, and that was slaying his son, he stopped him from slaying his son. Right? But then the, 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 the writer of Hebrews said that he received him back in a figure. In other words, God seen in Abraham's heart that it was done. Look what God said to him. Okay, I'm away from this now. God, God told him in the 22nd don't lay a hand on the child. It was the angel speaking for God. Don't lay a hand on the child. Now I know. Ooh, don't God know everything yet? But that tells us something. We need to look at that. What was God saying there? Now I know that you fear me. Could it be that we're saying that we fear God, but our actions don't say the same thing? It's when our mouth and our actions line up. But when we're speaking it out of our mouth and our actions are saying something else, we're a liar. I had to give it to you like the Lord has given it to me. When you say that you are something, and your actions don't line up with it, you a liar. James said the same thing. Say, I mean, John said the same thing. He said, if we say that we have fellowship with him, right? He said, and then we don't walk in and lie to you. Say, we a lie. We lie. All right? So I just put the ER on it. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. I tell you what, I feel good down in my sanctified soul, right? But the ultimate <laughs> significance of Abraham's faith reached its pinnacle of perfection when out of obedience he was willing to offer up Isaac as God had requested. The angel of the Lord reasserted God's verdict. Now I know that you fear God. So that tells us something, saints, that there's some things that God don't want to know. He will only know by our actions. We don't understand it all. It don't make sense to us. But it's only certain things that God would know about us when we actualize it. John, James said, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Because when you are just a hearer and not a doer, he said, you deceive yourself. 
Jesus said it like this. He said, he that hears these sins of mine and doeth them, I will show you to whom he's like. He's like a man who built his house on a rock. The rains descended, the floods came, and the house withstood. But I'm going to tell you about another man. The man that built his house on the sand, it don't take as long to build on the sand. Matter of fact, you ain't there watching football. You chilling because you finished while the other men out there digging deep. But when the same rains descended, the same floods came. His house was destroyed. You see what faith, God is meaning for faith to do for us. It has its perfection work. The Bible said that patience have a perfecting work. Let, let patience have its per- perfection work, right? That you may be perfect and entire, one and other. What James said. Well, faith does the same thing. The Bible said through faith, Abraham Received strength. He got strong. He, 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 he was strong in faith. Right? It was perfected. Listen to what John said. John said that perfect or perfected love, perfected love cast out fear. Right? If we have the love of God in our hearts and it's being perfected every day, I don't have to pretend that I like you. Because I do. I don't have to pretend that I love you and say I love you and hope that you can't tell that I got evil in my heart against you so I go the other way when I see you coming because I don't want to face you. My pastor, uh, Kenneth, used to tell us all the time, he said, live your life in such a way where you don't have to put your head down when you meet someone on the street. When you meet someone, put your, live such a way where you don't, have to, you, you don't have to be ashamed because you've been talking about them, because you've been low-rating them. Because you said you were praying for him, but you're not praying for him. So I'm real careful now when I put it on Facebook and people talk about the problems, issues they're having, and you put it on there praying for you. I'm not going to say that unless I'm really praying. Because I've done it before, uh, 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 Brother Bob, and I didn't pray. Samuel said, God forbid, he told you in the mission, God forbid that I cease to pray for you. He said that it would be a sin for him to cease to pray for Israel. If it was a sin for him not to pray for Israel, is it a sin for us not to pray for one another? See, because we're supposed to be the kind of way people can, we, we can cast our thoughts on one another, pray for one another that we may be healed. This is what's going to bring us back together. Let me tell you something. We are dealing with some situations right now. We've been studying this in Bible study, and we're getting ready to get into some of these things that we're dealing with as a people. But it's going to really affect the body of Christ. Don't you know it's part of the body of Christ is is affected? The whole body of Christ is affected? And and, and I can't believe people don't see that. (laughs) Let me just say this, right? And this is just footnote. I was disturbed back when 45 was in office and you had most of the church, not many blacks, were saying this is God's man. God said this is his man, but I said, where are the black pastors? Why the black church ain't saying the same thing? They, let me hush. They don't see us. That's the problem. 
And this is what Bishop been saying. He's been telling them in the, 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 the group that he's been going, 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 he's been fellowshipping with, he's been telling them the same thing. And now you got to take, you got to consider this. Because we're part of the body of Christ. We should be taking care of one another. If one part is hurting, we all should be hurting. Right? And for us to be effective in the world, we're going to have to now realize, Holy Spirit, I've been missing this. Please help me. Now, let me finish. James confirms that it was for no reason that Abraham was justified, that it, that it was the only reason, no reason that he was justified except uh, the fact that he, his work proved that's what, it wasn't just his works. It was his faith which was manifested through his works. People can see it. See, the reason I say, when I say I'm saved, people look for a corresponding action from me, right? Well, when a person has faith, you'll be able to tell it by what they do, right? If you say you have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, let me be around you long enough, I bet you tell. But if I'm talking to you and you're talking all negative and whatnot, eh, maybe it's not what you think you have. Maybe you need to go back and try again. The thing is, is that since we, uh, uh, you, you can tell about what you do. And if you're not doing what you say you are, we need to repent. Right? Elder Stowe was talking about the day, the effect that COVID had on the body of Christ. And it did. And we are coming back now. I thank God that I see this church coming back. I'm not going to call it any name, but I see it coming back. And that ought to be our prayer. Lord God, bring us back. Because when the Holy Spirit has placed you somewhere, who am I to pick myself up and go somewhere else? The Bible says he has set in the body as it pleases him. So he knows where you're supposed to be. He knows where you're supposed to work. He knows that there is a void there that you're going to fill. But if I pick myself up and say, oh, it ain't everything I thought it ought to be. And I go over here to, you know, I ain't going to call a particular church name, but I go over here to uh, Everything Temple. <laughs> I'm going over to Everything Temple. Well, Everything Temple may not have a void that I need to fill. Right? It may not have a void I need to fill. And so after a while, you'll start feeling like underutilized because you have giftings that God has placed in you that he meant to be filled in a particular place. So this is why, you know, we come up and we say, oh, the Lord sent me here. A lot of times we don't realize what we're saying. But we say the Lord sent us here, then he sent you here because he knew what was here. Right? So you can't pick yourself up and go over to Goose Creek and say, the Lord sent me here. <laughs> if I was there, I'd say, wait a minute, hold up. He just said that to us. No, I'm just kidding. I was <laughs> okay, so uh, Abraham was justified by what he done. James said that you could see. So he was talking about it wasn't just Abraham's faith, but it was Abraham's faithfulness. Your faith ought to make you faithful, right? Now, in essence, he affirmed that it was not the faith, but it was his faithfulness. The purpose of this message is that we all examine ourselves in light of the ways James adequately, I believe James adequately, I don't think he, uh, 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 he was at odds with, with Paul. I really don't. Because James looked at it a different way than Paul looked at it. Okay, James uh, uh, adequately interpreted the message that Moses sought to convey. First of all, we see that uh, what Moses wrote in Genesis 15, 6 entails all of Abraham's life, the ups and the downs. 
right? Like David, Abraham was not totally free from mistakes. We see early on, uh, Sarah, uh, uh, he, he said that Sarah was his sister, as we said, right? He wasn't perfect. And then when they went down to the land of the Philistines, he said, this is my sister. Now, you think about the two places he said that. I'm not going to get into it. Egypt and among the Philistines. Go study that and you'll see what Moses was conveying, right? Okay, so Moses did not leave it out. He didn't leave out the mistakes. Apparently, to show us, the reader, that God desires and honors faithfulness. True faithfulness is not free from faults, but it is free from the practice of faults. We must, without doubt, be faithful. Our faith must, without doubt, have corresponding action. If not, it is not true biblical faith. We must come to grips that James and Paul's doctrines are not at odds. No, in a nutshell, Paul was referring to the faith that it takes to get saved, right? We depend on a finished, redemptive work of Jesus Christ. While James sought to show the true biblical faith must have corresponding action. After you get saved, what are you doing? As a matter of fact, Paul said in Genesis 2.10, we are his handiwork or workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, right? Which God has prepared in advance for us to do. When put to the test, the question is, do you remain faithful? Only you know the answer. The only way to remain faithful in uh, doing the test, the time of testing is to build a true relationship with God. Abraham, uh, Moses showed us because he often said that Abraham built an altar. You don't see Lot doing it. Even though he was with Abraham, you don't see Lot building an altar. So, so you, you ask the question, why would he talk about Abraham building an altar, but Lot never built an altar? Did, did Lot never pray? Well, uh, 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 that couldn't have been the fact because the Bible said that, 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 that when the angels came, okay, this is a footnote again. When, when, when the angels came to destroy Sodom, they said that we're coming because the cry against them is great. Who's crying against them? Lot. He was the righteous one down there. Right? So he was the one, and in, 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 in Hebrew, they call him righteous, right? But you don't hear Moses, or you don't see Moses saying that he built altars, right? True, a, a person of real faith, you're going to have worship. Nobody's going to have to. You don't hear say anybody and such and such walk behind Abram and say, build an altar. Better than that. Abram knew that his worship, he needed to worship the Lord so he would build an altar where he would worship, right? So true faithfulness, or true faith has worship. I'm closing here. We learn from Abraham that to develop a life of faithful obedience, we must trust God when what he is asking us to do don't make sense to our natural minds. We see this in at least two incidents in Abraham's life, like I said, chapter 12 and chapter 22. Leave your home and then sacrifice your son. Didn't make sense, right? So, in clothing, what has God told you to do that didn't make sense, that you're still struggling with? Because the Lord gave me this message for a reason. What have he told you to do that, that, that Lord, that's just not adding up? Because you don't see everything laid out for you. But the Lord told you to do it. If we are children of Abraham, guess what we're going to do? Do the works of Abraham. All right, when it don't make sense, but, but listen to this, the saints, you got to have worship. Establish that first, right? And then everything else will fall in place. 
right? Now I'm preaching to Warren Hoskins too while I'm standing here. Because this is the Lord speaking. This is the Lord here. Establish worship first. Everything else will fall into place, right? If we don't establish worship because God desires our worship, listen what Jesus said to the wife in the well. He said, for God seeks such to worship him. Not praise, because see, anybody can praise him. You know, the drunk can come off the street and praise him. I'm just being honest with you. But when it comes to worship, you're getting into the most holy place. Right? Or you're doing like David, and you just take away the outer court, inner court, and you just got the holy place. Right? Now, when David set up his tabernacle, he had uh, 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 elders, or he had um, uh, Levites around the tabernacle praising God 24-7. What is that saying to us? From the rising of the sun to the going down of the sand. Right? We ought to be worshiping. Our lives is worship. It's not just when we come to church. So that means that whatever we are saying to one another, what we are saying in our homes, right? It has to be that that God honors and that we honor God. And God is honored when we're not lowering one another. God is honored when we're not fighting against one another. My mama... I, used, I remember seeing her one day. My brother and sister got along like cats and dogs <laughs> sometimes. Uh, bless their heart. But my mom heard them fight because we, had, we, we were getting grown then. And she came down the stairs. I never forget as long as I live. They fussing and whatnot. They weren't fighting because they knew if they were fighting, she was going to get in the middle. But uh, she came down because they were fussing going back and forth. She came down the stairs, screamed to the top of her voice, and about passed out. I never forget that. Scared, it scared me. Right? But what? Why did I bring it up? Because what parent wants to see her children fighting among, among themselves? What parent? And so if God is our father, and he is, he's not satisfied when we don't support each other. He's not satisfied when we're talking about each other, you know, when we get along to ourselves. He's not satisfied with that. But we want to say, oh, God, I believe, I believe. Well, it's got to be your actions got to show. And let me say this, and I'm, I'm, I'm done. I promise I'm done. I got that typical preacher thing, you know. I closed by five times. <laughs> but God's desire for us, saints, is that we support one another. Because Paul said that we, like, we are the body of Christ. Right? If one part of the body hurt, the other part hurt as well. Now, I say, well, I just don't feel that. But this is why you have to go back and ask yourself, is there something that God was taking me through that I did not go through? Because the Bible said that we glory in tribulation, right? And that tribulation work in patience, patience work in experience, men work in hope, and hope making out of shame because the love of God is shared abroad in our hearts. That's why we welcome that. We say, well, Lord, thank you for allowing me to go through this. Because what it does. All right. All right. I'm done. I promise I'm done. Okay. Again, we want to praise God. I promise you, this is something that the Lord had been stirring in my heart for a while. And I'll be honest with you. I was thinking about it. I said, Lord, I say it was like a, uh, a, 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 a piece of sin in an oyster, right? Or clam. And they say after that thing irritates it so much, it secretes over it, over it. And after a while, it becomes a pearl. And I thought, I said, Lord, is that what you mean when you said that cast not your pearls? Could it be that thing that 
you have given us that, 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 that we actually uh, uh, muse over and muse over and muse over till it becomes a part of us. Right? Could that be what he was talking about? But listen, let me say this. We want to pray this morning for each one of you, every one of you, even you on Facebook. We want to pray for you this morning. You have anyone that will be looking at this, looking at this today, be looking at this whenever it is broadcast, whenever it's broadcast, and you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior. We want to invite you to receive him today as your Lord and Savior. Let me tell you something. You may be on the outside, and you see the outside of the tabernacle. I promise you the outside of the tabernacle was not as beautiful as the inside. But when you went inside, so the thing about Christ, you're not going to know about until you come inside. If you're just on the outside, and this is why I'm against uh, us listening to people who's not saved and trying to tell us about the Christian faith. You're not even saved. You don't know Christ. Come inside. You're on the outside looking in. Oh, man, that, 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 that show looked beautiful on the top. Well, come on in. No, I ain't ready. But you want to teach us about the Lord. No, I don't. Okay, come on inside. Let us, let us pray with you this morning. We're going to ask that you repeat after me when I, uh, once I pray. And then after that, we're going to pray for anyone who um, want to rededicate yourself. Not, many, not saying that you backslid. Totally. But you have some work undone because it didn't make sense. We want to pray for you as well. We want to uh, ask that God will bring you back to the place where you need to be so that you can develop in the person that you need to be. Come on, you that want to receive Christ as your Lord, and say, we ask that you repeat with me. Father, I believe that you gave Christ to die on my behalf. I believe, Father, just as Abraham was willing to sacrifice Isaac, his only son, you were willing to give us your only begotten son. Now, Lord God, I believe that I am saved because I confess you as my Savior and my Lord. I believe, Father, based on your word. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth and believe in thy heart, thou shalt be saved. So we thank you, Father, that I receive Christ as my Lord and Savior. Now, Lord, move in me, work in me, do what you want to do, develop me into the man or woman that you want me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, let's pray for anyone, it may be some in the sanctuary, it may be some online, that, I'm not saying that you backslid, but you just want to go further in, in, in Christ. Don't you know, looking at that mountain, the same mountain, it, it get old. You can pass that same mountain. And I realized that, let me be honest with you, let me be honest with you, I realized that that's where I was. You elder, uh-huh, I'm being honest. And I got tired of looking at it. And so I fell on my knees and said, Lord, okay. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Your will be done. Right? Any of you feel the same way? You're tired of feeling stuck and not able to go forth. We want to pray with you uh, right now. Bow your head. Father God, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this opportunity to pray with your people. 
the ones in the sanctuary and the ones that are online. Father, only we can answer the question that is our life lining up with what we profess? Do we still have the zeal for you that we had when we first got saved? Are we hungry and thirsting after righteousness? Because it's then that we shall be filled, your word says. Father, we ask that you forgive every mishap. Abraham had him. David had him. Forgive every mishap, oh God, and may uh, no one under the sound of my voice feel condemned about what they've gone through. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would administer to everyone whose heart has turned toward you and who saying, Lord, I'm ready to do your will. Have your way in their lives, oh God. Let your anointing be fresh upon them. Father, we ask that you would give them a heart for the body of Christ. May they find a church, oh God, or those that are even, that may not be here, but online, may they find a church that they would have been fed. We come against every demonic force that would come to hinder them coming back. That would come to hinder them to, uh, of being reestablished in the body. Say to the Lord, rebuke you. The hand of God is against you. Jesus died. For each one of us, we have a right to return to that which is ours through Christ Jesus. We thank you, Father. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Again, I just want to thank God for this opportunity. Um, I have several things, and that's what the Lord deal, deals with me. He'll give me something, and I will have to gnaw on and gnaw on it because you know I'm not going to be, I'm not going to let it go. I'm about like Jacob during that time. I'm a whole long time. I'm not letting you go until you, until you show me what this is about, right? But that's the way God deals with me, right? And uh, sometimes, I'm going to tell you, it can be aggravating. <laughs> and what I mean is that because I'm saying, Lord, I, I, I think I'm missing you because I don't hear everybody saying this. Listen, sometimes God, did, did, did it say that the Lord told several people, what he told Abraham? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Sometimes the Lord is going to tell but you line it up with the scripture, right? And if you even have any doubt, then come, you know, you got enough people in here that you can trust in, that you can ask us about it. But God is going to start telling us some things that he's going to confirm about scripture. Many things that have been misinterpreted. And reason God is now rebuilding it because it's hindering the body. Why do you think all of a sudden we start talking about urban apologetics? Because this part of the body is being affected. People are being drawn away because this part of the body is being affected. So therefore, we have to tend to ourselves. Tend to ourselves and then we can minister to the whole body, but we have to tend to ourselves. Amen? I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well and give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. 
If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world, on the ground, in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.